What's up, y'all? It's B. Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. This has been a really long week. A really long week. But there's a lot of shit to get into, so we're going to get into it. But first, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the B. Dangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and the podcast on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. So, where should I even begin? Let's start off with the NFL. So, the Cowboys play the Niners. Of course, the Niners won. Eagles played the Giants. The Eagles won. Kansas City played Jacksonville. Kansas City won. Bengals and Bills, they played. Bengals won. Now, the Bengals and the Chiefs are battling it out. And the Eagles slapped the shit out of the Niners today. Like, that's pretty much what's going on right now in the NFL. Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. It's still up in the air on who's going to get the win versus Kansas City and the Bengals. Somebody got to go to the Super Bowl. Whom? I don't know because the game is still going on right now as we speak. So probably the next show I'm going to talk about my Super Bowl predictions or whatever the case might be. And we'll just go from there. Also, also, the Royal Rumble was last night, and I must say, I enjoyed it. I really did. First of all, Cody Rhodes, who came back from a torn pec injury, he won the Men's Royal Rumble. The Women's Royal Rumble could have been a lot better than what it was, but real grace. And she ended up winning that winning that Royal Rumble. There could have been a lot more surprises and more things they could have done in that. But, ugh. Beggars can't be choosers, honestly. So, we're just going to leave it there. Then you had the pitch black match with that LA Nice dude and Bray Wyatt. Which was really a glow-in-the-dark match. And the whole thing was actually pretty damn cool. I thought they would have been wrestling in the pitch black. But I'm like, the glow-in-the-dark scheme... I liked it. It was pretty cool. Bray ends up winning that match and sending the dude to hell when, um, fuck. I can't remember what his name is right now. But Uncle Fester or something like that jumps from the top of a scaffold and sends LA Nice to hell. Let's see. What other matches happened? Oh, Bobby Lashley ended up eliminating Brock of all people. In the Men's World Rumble. And that was a shocker because people had always dreamed about a dream match between Lashley and Brock. And both of them can wrestle their asses off. Like, this is the best that Lashley has looked in years, I think. Because he's lost a lot of, like, muscle in his midsection. And he's still a pretty beefy guy. He's still Lashley. But he's able to do more stuff. And Brock, of course, is still in UFC shape. Suplex City, bitch. Suplex City. But listen... When you got a guy that's your own size, literally your own size, who can give you just as much suplexes as you give out, that's going to be an interesting matchup. And let's see. It was a lot of shit that happened. Oh, the country singer Hardy did this dry-ass performance that I really didn't give a damn about. And Dominic Mysterio... He plays such a douchey motherfucker. And it's like, look, don't make me wish that you would be home with Eddie Guerrero 
in that ladder match because I was rooting for your daddy to have custody of you. But then you take your dad out of the Royal Rumble and come out with his mask. You couldn't rip it. So you pretty much throw it down. And I can't take Dominic seriously because I just wanted to get his ass beaten phenomenally. And I think that's the attitude of all Rey Mysterio fans and wrestling fans. You want to see Dominic get his ass whooped. And like I suspected, Roman Reigns wins over Kevin Owens. How? Excuse me. However, something else happened that I kind of seen coming, but they didn't really want to say it out loud because obviously they wanted to keep it a surprise. So, the bloodline beats up on Kevin Owens. He's completely defenseless, kicking him in the chin. And Roman is about to hit him over the head with a chair. And Sammy steps in and saying, you're bigger than this, X, Y, and Z. Roman's like, okay, bet. You do it. So he gives Sammy the chair. And after contemplating on what to do, the shades of the shield breaking up. Happened and Sami Zayn hit Roman in the back of the in the back with a chair. So pretty much the Usos fine asses start beating up on Sami, start whooping his ass and stuff like that. Then after a while, Roman picks up the chair and starts whooping Sami's ass with it. And then Jay ends up getting out of the ring and saying that he's done. Getting emotional and all that stuff, and it's like, so we're watching. The dissolvance of the, not the shield, Lord, of the bloodline before our eyes. And I've seen it happen because with how that storyline was going, I'm like, look, something has to give sooner or later. So that was a really cool face turn. And the way things are going now is probably going to be Roman versus Cody. People are saying they don't see Cody winning the belt or being the one to dethrone Roman. I kind of see it happening. I do kind of see it see it happening because Cody has put in much work and paid hella dues to get to where he is right now, to be a main eventer, to go through multiple personalities, to dashing Cody Rose, to fucking Stardust, to being the American Nightmare and morphing into what he is. So seeing the character development over the years and seeing him become a main event competitor. There's nothing short of satisfying if you've been following his career from Legacy when he was with Randy Orton and Ted DiBiase Jr. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens there. Oh, let's see what else we got. Oh, and the Lakers trade Kendrick Nunn for for three second round picks. And what is this dude's name? Ryu Hachimariyura, I know I butchered the shit out of that name, from the Wizards. It wouldn't be the first time they made a trade. And dude is a shooter. Gotta see more from him as a player, but it's like, okay, good move, blah, blah, blah. We, like, we're used to that. Oh, gosh, let's see what else we got. More Lakers news. The Lakers come back over Portland after a 25-point deficit. They came back and they went, and I was shocked about that because the Lakers usually shit the bed whenever they play Portland. So to watch them come back was good. Then, he breaks another personal record in a loss. They come back, they win another game, 
Then they did the ultimate. They played against the mighty Boston Celtics. And what happens? There was a no call versus the king, which is absolutely blasphemous because we all know the king always gets calls. Someone can blow on him, and that's considered a flagrant foul. You can't even look at that man the wrong way without him screaming foul. Where's, where's the whistle? Where's this? And he was furious. So instead of getting the win in overtime, you want to bitch moan complain and shit about a call that you should have gotten. But this just shows that you're not the NBA's golden boy anymore. And you would have gotten that call had you been in Miami and Cleveland. And yes, the Lakers have had missed calls in game after game after game and close games at that. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. If they wanted to make those calls, they would have done it and wouldn't wait till after the game to say, oh, well, we missed X, Y, and Z. The game is over. So what the fuck is the point of you going over a call that you should have called right the first damn time? And I'm not the type of person that will cry over spilled milk or a missed foul call. Suck up that loss. Suck up the missed foul shots. And regardless if you got that call in the first place, the Boston Celtics were still going to slice your throats when it was go time. Because he has absolutely no killer instinct. And the fact that people think that we should sympathize with him so fucking bad is what gets me. But did Kobe have any sympathy when this was him losing games like this? Was it Kobe that got the sympathy in the same grace that he got? Motherfucking no. So honestly, I could give a fuck about him losing his damn mind over a no call. Because you got those same calls. Time and time again in your career. And you benefited from winning. Now that the shoe is on your rusty ass, old ass, corroded ass foot, it's a problem. And if I could watch Kobe suffer his last his last years in the NBA, watching you suffer is nothing short of pleasurable to me. And I don't feel bad. What so fucking ever? And I'm trolling just as motherfucking hard, if not more, than y'all who don't like the him. Because I'm one of you. And do not lump his fan base with Laker fans. Don't say, well, now you see how it feels, Laker fans. No. LeBron fans now know how it feels. I've seen much worse from the Lakers than this shit here. I've seen worse no calls than this before he was on the team. So what really makes you think that I'm supposed to give a fuck or feel any type of way about this? <coughs> Excuse me. I don't feel shit. But I'm damn sure going to be roasting with y'all. And nobody... Nobody has come to me saying shit because they know they'll get exactly who they come to see. You're going to get Be Dangerous loud, live, and in living color. Because I don't duck or hide from shit. I always say try your luck with a real one. And what do you know?
Nobody ever tries their luck because they know their excuse for quote unquote trolling won't work. Because I got more shade than banana trees. So please come on. Do your worst. But yeah. Darvin Ham is losing his damn mind. The Lakers are losing their minds. Get the motherfucker off that foul call and move on to the next goddamn game. If you wanted the no call so bad, or if you didn't want the no call to happen, you should have slit the Celtics' throats when it was time for you to do so. You should have let it get to overtime. But as usual, when you let shit get to overtime, you end up fumbling the ball and losing the game anyway. So what's the fucking point? That's right. There is none. So you know what? Y'all can sit in that loss. Y'all can talk about that no call all you want to. And you can be mad and stay mad about it. Also, on Thursday, this past Thursday, it was Kobe's three-year fucking anniversary. And if you know anything about Be Dangerous, you know that I absolutely love Kobe Bryant to death. Literally to death. And I watched some games. I watched the, actually, I watched the, what was it? The 2004 All-Star Game in L.A. And, of course, it brought back memories. And even watching his interviews and watching his old games, it doesn't seem like he's gone or he should be gone. Because Kobe was a big part of my life. And it's still a big part of my life to this day. But just knowing that he isn't here and knowing that he should be here, it still stings me just as much as it did back three years ago when I first heard this shit happen. And I never thought that anything could hurt me in celebrity deaths as bad as Michael Jackson's death at Whitney Houston's. But Kobe just ripped the lid off of both of those. And that hurt me more than, more than I could ever fucking imagine. And just seeing how the Lakers are playing... And how much pussy shit that they're doing. We all know that Kobe wouldn't allow this shit. <laughs> if Kobe had gotten a no call. Okay, whatever. No, play through it. And that would have been it. Shit wouldn't have been whiny and bullshitted around as long as it did. As long as it has. He's like, okay, I didn't get the call. I didn't get the game. Game winner. Whatever. Next game. He wouldn't sit around and dwell and dwell and dwell and dwell and dwell over a call that you didn't fucking get. He'd move on to the next game and cut your throat out in that game. He wouldn't have rested until he knew he did all he could do to win a game. Not not sit up there bitch and moan about something that he didn't get. And that's the problem that I have with these Lakers today. These are the most talking motherfuckers I've ever seen. Because when things don't go your way, it's a problem. So you want to go to the media, talk all this and that. But when you win, you want to sit up there and celebrate like you won a goddamn championship. Get the fuck out of my face. What would Kobe do? Kobe would go out there. He wouldn't make excuses. And he would do all he could to win the game. Would he complain about shit? He would talk to a ref if he felt like a call wasn't called the right way, but he wouldn't make a big fucking deal out of it. So you know what? 
Y'all can deal with that little no call. And you can soak in it for the rest of the fucking season. Just like you have been all this season. And every loss that you've accumulated this season. You can add that to your little bag of tricks or something else that you didn't get. So guess what? I don't have any sympathy for you. And if Kobe got no sympathy in his 20th year, then neither should him. And that's just that on motherfucking that. I'm going to watch the end of this damn Chiefs game and give y'all this show because I've been dying to do a show anyway. I was procrastinating like a motherfucker, but I'm like, look, you need to do a show like right now. So, yeah. Here is the new episode. Thank y'all for running up the listens on the last episode. Running the listens up on this one, too. Also, please follow me at Dangerous on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me on Follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and the podcast, wherever podcasts are available. And on that note, I am out of here. Peace.